This week's episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks is dedicated to the loving memory of Casey's mom, Lynn, who passed away peacefully in her sleep on the afternoon of September 9th, 2021. Everyone at the Trek Geeks Podcast Network offers their love and condolences to Casey, his dad, Butch Shafsky, who was married to Lynn for over 60 years, and the entire Shafsky family. May she rest in peace, and may her memory be a blessing. Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Captain Freeman the Diplomat tries to restore peace with the Packlids. Boimler starts hanging out with the wrong crowd, and the rest of our lower deckers get trash duty. Grab your biggest helmet, jump in the turbo lift, and hit the down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Better late than never, folks, but we are finally here to talk all about Episode 6, The Spy Humongous. This episode continues to build on the conflict with the Packlids, and poor Tendi gets eaten, pooped out, and turned into a giant scorpion all in the same day. Anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Right now, I need to introduce the best team in the quadrant to talk all things Lower Decks. First of all, a huge welcome back to the wonderful, beautiful, and talented Sarah. And yeah, big hi to Bill and Casey, too. Uh, Sarah, uh, we were a mess last week without you here to keep us all on track. So uh, we're glad you're back with us. Oh, it's so good to be back. I'm sorry I wasn't here. I myself was a giant mess and just needed a hot minute and a day off. <laughs> we got through. It's probably going to be our lowest ranked episode of uh, Discovering Trek Lower Decks ever because you weren't here. But we had these two wonderful guys to help out too. How you doing, man? Doing great, buddy. How are you? Good. How's the uh, How's the jawline doing, my friend? It hurts. Good. good. <laughs> but I'm here. That's yes. all that matters. Well, not Looking so Casey, How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And so is Casey. Yeah. Good to see him. He can't even talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to say about Bill, but I'm not going to. No, we'll, I hope we'll you're healing well. He looks fantastic. Doesn't, doesn't he? Yeah. If, you, if well, only people could see him. Well, you know, this is a bit of a momentous recording for Discovering Trek as we lay down this track for The Spy Humongous. This is actually the 100th episode of <gasps> Discovering Trek, ladies <gasps> and gentlemen. So uh, congrats fantastic. to us. Across Discovery and Lower Decks and Picard and, and, and all of the stuffs, here we are at episode number 100, and it, I'm excited to be here with you all. I gotta We're say, excited. a big chunk of that is these two wonderful people, Sarah and Casey, for the work they're doing on Discovering Trek Enterprise, too. So, congratulations, guys. Absolutely. Getting the, Thank we're keeping you. keeping the ball rolling, Thanks. and we got lots of stuff coming in the 
following months with discovering trek so it should be uh it should be pretty Indeed. cool but uh right now it's time to get into uh the latest episode of lower decks uh, it's great to be here with you as always guys but bill before we really start why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on the spy humongous Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Sure thing, Dan. <laughs> so listeners, we want to hear from you. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or your Android device. Download it, tap the more button and get a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out some of our brand new app exclusive shows that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. Head on out to trekgeeks.com app to get all the details. Plus, you can join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer, and it's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It's really easy to join. I mean, Dan figured it out, so it can't be that hard. Head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, answer a few quick questions, and we'll let you right in to take part in all the fun and the positive discussion. A huge thanks to our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the amazing job they do running Camp Kittimer. And of course, please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places, Dan, could be used in a future episode or so I hear. Is it safe to say that even a pack lid could do it? Uh, well, well let's can. not get crazy. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a low bar, so possibly. <laughs> Excellent. Black alert. Black alert. Well, before we start our discussion, we want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 6, stop listening right now. Head on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode, then come on back over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for The Spy Humongous. That's the, large. The title itself, it's just large. Anyway, um, I, I'm, as, as you all knew last week, and Sarah, as I'm sure you listened because you listened to podcasts <laughs> like everybody else does, last week's episode wasn't my favorite, so I was really glad to get back into something that I really dug, and I really dug The Spy Humongous. I thought it was uh, a really good episode, so let's start talking about the things that we really liked about it. And Casey, I want to start with you, and mm. let's start with um, what you think about what's going on with we're continuing to see the pack lids, and I think that's yeah. an important part of what's going on here in season two. Absolutely, I think what we're getting in this episode it was a, for me it was a little more serious of an episode than the rest of the season. And uh, oh God, please trim those eyebrows because Brezhnev, you're looking wicked. <laughs> but it was it was definitely a, something where we see the pack lids; they are a serious threat. They seem stupid as all get out, but. I mean, there's a knife to the back. There's blood being shown on screen. So I, I found this episode kind of the, the least humorous so far of the season, but advancing other possible plot points and reminding us that there's, there's a threat out there that we're not seeing every episode. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. One of the things that I pointed out with what I jotted down from my notes is, although... I agree with you with what you're saying with the Packlids and that they are a serious threat to the crew of the Cerritos and the Federation in season two of Lower Decks. I, I just can't wrap my head around it, man. I mean, from what we saw in TNG, it's like, come on. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I know it's a cartoon, it's a comedy, so it shouldn't be hard to accept it. 
but I've been having a real hard time accepting that the Paclids are this giant threat where their home world is called Paclid Planet. And apparently the higher or the bigger your helmet is, the more power you have, Bill. I think that recent events in current American history display for us that stupid people are enough of a danger where we need <laughs> yes. to be careful. Yes. Yes. They're oh my real God. stupid. Brilliant. Yep. Absolutely. I, th- I think the Paclids are a great, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a, a amalgam of uh, of some of the problems that we experience today. And that's all I'm yep. going to say about it. I'm not going to go into a huge political diatribe because we don't right. need to. Um, right. The Paclids represent um, the most dangerous element of a society. And I think that's why they're as big a threat as they are. I think that's a, a absolutely amazing analogy. And in just in that last 30 seconds, you have made me accept the danger that the Paclids face or the that they that they are with the federation this year so thank you i live to serve you you do and (laughs) and it's funny casey you said that you found Mm. that this to be the least humorous episode of the season are you just talking about the a story with the pack leads or are you also including what was going on with scorpion tendy i i think both here because you know tendy is looking to tighten up the whole group a little bit more and there's a little bit of manipulation going on and for a starship that gets like the crap assignments boy there's a ton of crappy dangerous assignments mm-hmm. that they get so if this is happening on the cerritos what's happening on flagships and the other stuff going on so i, I really did find this one a little more serious. We get all that. I mean, think about it. To me, the red shirt group that's there was very gatekeeper-y to me in the whole thing. I was like, oh, how you should act, how you should behave, what you should like to be part of Starfleet. Right. And I was like, right. oh, I, I think they're trying to tell us some stuff this week. You brought up a good point just a second ago in regards to the crap assignments that the Cerritos gets. And I got to say, when the episode opened and they were in orbit around Paclid Planet, and they were the ones that were designated to try to figure out how to get a peace treaty with them, I'm like, wait a minute. This is not something that the Cerritos should be doing. But I will say, as I was thinking that, they explained why, and it made perfect sense because of what Freeman did with uh, with Riker and the Titan uh, last season. So I was glad that they, as, as I've said before, I have these questions of why they're doing things a certain way, and the writers always answer those questions in a way that works. So I thought that was very cool. Bill, same thing? You on the same page with me? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely on the same page. I mean, I, I think going back to, to, to Casey's point about uh, the red shirts, you know, this episode continues the grand tradition of Star Trek that there's a small group of people who per- potentially think that they're the second coming of Starfleet, only if they can advance the right way and in the the method they think is the most expeditious. You had Nova Squad at Starfleet Academy with Wesley. You had the Red Squadron on Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. um, in Valiant and, and uh, Homefront and Paradise Lost. And now the Red Shirts. Um, and, and I get what they're trying to do when... But I really think it's unnecessary. I mean, they're treating the Cerritos like it's the Enterprise. And I get that they have career goals, um, but uh, at the end of the day, somebody's still got to clean out the airlock. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, uh, what did you think about the red shirts and that whole idea? I thought it was great that they were called that. It was a great, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of like kicking the pants as to what red shirts, what we always think of red shirts. But what do you think about them? I didn't like them. I wouldn't want to be in that club. 
Nope. They're, they they want to they wanna climb their way to the top, but they're not willing to get their hands dirty or their uniforms dirty to do it. And they're not going to save a life at the end of the day. They're probably just going to, you know, give a speech <laughs> as they did. But um, it's funny listening to you guys talk about stuff. It made me realize, like, this was a really good example of an episode that I struggled with because of the animation factor. I, I've never been a huge fan of, of animation for adult content. Um, and I love the show and I, and I love all of it and the Easter eggs, but this example of the over the topness that they're, that they can get away with because it's animation in a way kind of ruined it because I think of like Tendi turning into the scorpion and I'm like, just how much of a horrific experience would that be in itself? Cause I think of like Genesis from TNG when Barkley becomes part right. spider and like, I think there's just that element of the show can really go over the top with some of these things sometimes, which I don't think they really need to. But this exa- this episode, I felt kind of went like really crazy with the, the the blob sucking her up onto the roof, and I'm like, they're just I'm like, man, if this happened in an hour of TNG or any of the shows, I'd be like, these people should quit because their life is really <laughs> in danger on just a normal Tuesday. Like this is crazy. Yeah, Mariner gets uh, Mariner gets shot with a whole bunch of oh uh, my things from that plant and and. And and it it seems mm-hmm. like poop humor is a thing in cartoons nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because how often have you been eaten by a blob and pooped out in the same scene, yeah. right? I, I know that's happened to you, Casey, from time to time, but we've never seen it in uh, in Star Trek before. So mm, not since it's anyway. I've sent you pictures. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, in at thirteen, it was fine. Me fourteen, it was all over, baby. Is it? Ju- is it just me or is trash duty just way too dangerous? I mean, one would yeah. think or hope that there are protocols for dealing with some of this w- stuff. Yes. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. Instead they of should. just picking it up and putting it on a tray and taking it to some matter reclamation unit, you would think that um, there are labs and stuff wouldn't just be lying around. I don't well, know. Yeah. Some squarters. Yeah, you would think that once they're done with the mission with dangerous stuff, it would go somewhere. I mean, even in even in Star Trek Beyond, when they were done that mission at the beginning, he Kirk gave that artifact to Spock to go put in some kind of safe so nothing would happen to it. Yeah, it doesn't happen on the Cerritos, I guess. But that's okay. We're it past made for humor. safes in in the future. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the security on the ship doing? I mean, they should be checking their pockets when they're coming back from some of these trips too to see what they're trying to bring on board. <laughs> With all that stuff that was going on, though, I gotta say, guys, that um, for the B story with what was going on with with trash duty, I thought this had a great Star Trek message in the episode. Um, Boimler's speech, you know, be your own person, be your own captain, is what he said. I thought that was really great, and it was a great Star Trek lesson. Always be proud of what you are, and don't rely on being someone else. I kind of liked the message. It kind of got lost a little bit, I think, in everything that was going on. But uh, but Sarah, I thought it, I thought it was great, and it was another example of even with all the shenanigans going on and all the all the um, crude jokes and humor going on that this show is still essentially Star Trek, and they have a message in every single episode. You are so right. I and I loved when I read the notes that you had put that you brought that point to light about what Boimler had to say and just the the little lesson he learned because I felt like. What's he doing? He just got back and he's already wanting to ditch his friends again. Like, I don't want this to be something that happens all the time. Like, be right. with your buddies. And and I think that this was a valuable lesson learned for him that maybe he'll um, keep mm-hmm. with that for the next little while. Mm-hmm. 
folks, we want to take a moment as we do each and every week to thank Bandsets for being our exclusive sponsor here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. And you know, folks, we say it every week, and we say it because it's true. Fansets is always hard at work to bring you the best Star Trek pins available. And folks, they are the only pins that are licensed by CBS. Yeah, that's right, Casey. And this week, they had a huge drop of new Star Trek pins over at Fansets.com. Head on over there right now to pick up the latest of Vic Fontaine, Guinan, Admiral Vance from Star Trek Discovery yes. Season 3, and Michael Burnham from Season 3 as well in her gray Starfleet uniform. And also the latest Women of Trek pin, Lieutenant Savick, as portrayed by the yes. one and only yes. Robin yes. Curtis. Very, very awesome yes. looking pin. Plus, Fansets had a surprise new Delta pin drop this past weekend, and it's a favorite of mine. It's the magnetic-backed version of the Voyager slash DS9 com badge. So get over to fansets.com right now. Place your order before they sell out. And as always, friends, you, Y-O-U, you get to save money each and every week just for being a Discovering Trek Lower Decks listener. Head on over to fansets.com, place a whole bunch of stuff in your cart, and at checkout, enter the special discount code Lower Decks. That's L-O-W-E-R-D-E-C-K-S in all capital letters with no spaces. That's going to get you 10% off your entire order. And of course, don't forget that U.S. customers will get free shipping if you spend $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Guys, one of the other things that I wanted to bring up that I absolutely loved is we've talked about for weeks and weeks that Star Trek Lower Decks doesn't rely on Easter eggs, but it uses them in a way mm-hmm. that really, really works. We saw that like to the nth degree in the second episode of the season, and it was perfect. This week didn't really have a whole lot of Easter eggs. There was the, and I always don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the, the Zinni, the cat creatures, are they, the Kazinti or the Zinti? I'm not sure the how Kazinti. it's pronounced. The Kazinti. I love that little Easter egg when he was showing how they used to be hurt, lunched, lurched over and it looked just like they did in TAS. I thought that was hysterical. But the Easter egg of all Easter eggs was at the end. It had nothing to do with the story, so I'm glad <laughs> it was at the very end, was Arm. And he actually references Skin of Evil, Evil, the episode from TNG. I thought it was great to see him. I thought it was funny. And I thought it made the ending of a somewhat serious episode much more enjoyable than it could have been. Yeah. Bill, what do you think? No, I, I have to agree with you 100%. I like the fact that, that we get a callback to Armis. I mean, I, I've said in, in, in other episodes this season that I feel like they've been relying on the callbacks and the Easter eggs a bit too much. So it's nice to have an episode that stands alone a little bit. I still thought this episode was plenty funny, um, even though I know you didn't, Dan, but that that kicker scene with Armis, I thought was just the icing on the cake. It was chef's kiss beautiful. That's how awesome it was. Oh, I thought there was a lot of humor in this week's episode. I think Casey thought it was uh, was not as humorous as other episodes. I thought there was a oh, lot mistake. of funny Sorry. stuff. Oh, that's okay. No problem. Like the, the I thought... The um, when when Tendi was a scorpion and everything going on in the um, at ten forward or whatever they call it on the Cerritos um, with the food replicators and the, and, the, yeah. and the ice cream being shot out, I thought that was great and it showed that Boimler wasn't. It goes back to my message from earlier. Boimler wasn't scared to do what he needed to do, no matter what it made him look like, in order to get his friend back. And I thought it showed the red mm-hmm. shirts what it meant to be Starfleet instead of being in Starfleet. So I really thought that was good. And Sarah, I think you liked Armas as well, if I read my notes correctly earlier, but sometimes I can't read too good. 
Oh my god, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was the highlight of the episode in all in all honesty. I like the other little Easter eggs though too, like at the beginning with the packlets kept referring to her as Jane Way and then they referenced <laughs> yes. the Enterprise because it's just it's just light humor that if you don't know those shows, you don't you're not missing out on a plot development but it's still funny for those who love it and i like that they keep talking about because i know that they made a reference to oh that's like captain picard level type politics you could and i think that's Mm -hmm. just great because that's what politics and military are in the real world now is that people who are immersed in this lifestyle are going to know some of the big players and they're going to know some of the game changer people and they're going to reference them or idolize them or be like oh don't do what that guy did like lesson learned so i think it's cool that they reference it a lot because you never saw that in the other series no, I, I totally agree. I think it's I think it's good that they do all of these things. One of the things that I thought was interesting, and uh, you know, we don't have our our um, long range scans for lower decks because they're short episodes. But one of the things that we heard at the end of the episode when Freeman turned the tables on the Packlids, who really still are as stupid as you can imagine, um, is that we found out that they were planning on smuggling. I think it was a, a Veruvian bomb to Earth. And I really will be interested mm-hmm. to see if that is something that happens over the course of the last third of the season. I mean, they're not just going to put something mm-hmm. out there like that and not have anything happen. So I think there's going to be a major issue with the Packlids happening by the end of this season, bigger than what we saw at the end of last season, Casey. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that that's a juicy T-bone that was thrown at you. And then they try to ignore it as quickly as possible. And like, oh, yeah, that's going to come back. And there's going to be serious repercussions of what's going on. And Because the Packlids, I think for a lot of people, are very um, not considered a serious threat. <laughs> right. But, they're, they're the, but the, they're still the, enough. The Packlids and Lower Decks are T-O- TNG's Ferengi of Season 1. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to become a lot more dangerous than the Ferengi ever did or oh, yeah. were expected to. Oh, yeah. So, and I also think, Sarah, I think it's going to be good that um, maybe starships going forward will have their own gift shop for when spies <laughs> and or guests or whatever come onto the ship so they can have their T-shirts. Absolutely. So money money's a Why? thing now, again, in, in the Federation and right. all that? I'm Absolutely. so confused. <laughs> lots, of, lots of great stuff going on in this episode. Um, like Casey said... Not as humor. There were some funny parts, but there was some seriousness to it that I think mixed really well uh, with both the A and B story. So, all in all, as usual, a great episode of Lower Decks. So, as we finish talking about the Spy Humongous, I got to say, there, you know, the, what? What is this? Episode six. I was, mm-hmm. I didn't love episode five, but it was still great. So they're six for six so far this season. So Casey, I think they're going to keep the ball rolling uh, with episode seven. So what do we have coming up next week on Lower Decks? Well, my friend, since we have all gained our Section 31 clearance, next week we're going to find out a whole lot more about Chief Engineer Billups. And Boimler and Mariner have to deal with yet another evil computer in Star Trek. That's right, it's episode 7 of Lower Decks, season 2, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Star Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. The what? <laughs> the I app! think he means the, the Trek app. 
the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app, which is how it shows up in both the Apple. I, w- I was store I was literally trying store. not to choke getting out that last <laughs> sentence. I can redo it. But I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna just right on no, air. It's staying in. It's staying. No, it's staying in. Lovely. Don't forget. Don't forget, you two can support (laughs) Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the raw audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other great perks. We want to take a moment to thank the amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we are so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, <sighs> Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks where subscription levels start at $2 a month. For even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. In addition to the 47 different flavors of Discovering Trek that appear to be occurring, there's our flagship podcast, Trek Geeks, hosted by Dan Davidson and myself. There's also Rewind, which Sarah is on. I think Sarah is on about 45 of those 47 shows, Dan. Uh, There's Polytrex, there's Five-Year Mission, there's Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and... Brand new shows to the network, Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and With the First Link. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one talks Trek like we do, Dan. I don't think anybody can because we got so many shows. I know. Tell me about it. That's not a bad thing. It was a good idea to do that, wasn't it, buddy? Anyway, uh, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us on our discussion on Lower Decks, uh, Episode 6, The Spy Humongous. A great Lower Decks episode with a very strong Star Trek message attached to it. Mike McMahon and his writing team certainly know what they're doing. I can't thank my team enough for another great discussion, so thank you, Bill, Sarah, and Casey. Look forward to sitting down with all of you again next week to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 7, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. So until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.